stand up. With this heart open wide from the depths of the heights, I will bring a sacrifice. With these hands lifted high, hear my song, hear my cry, I will bring a sacrifice. I will bring a sacrifice. Long 
Now we're waiting. Go ahead, you can clap.
like that one. All right. All of you is more than enough for all of me for every thirst and every need you satisfy me with your love and all I have in you is more
All right, everybody. Here we go. We want to do that chorus again. And I just want you to just worship the Lord in that and just take your time. So ready? All of you is more than enough for all of me. More than enough. Okay, I want you to go ahead, and we're going to sit down now. We have something special right now. We have an infant baptism. So if the parents of Braven White can come on up. Everybody else hang tight. I said I sound like Dr. Seuss here. Debbie, come on up. Um, everybody hang tight for Brave and White. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, through the sacrament of baptism, we personally and together acknowledge God's saving grace uh, of God through faith in Jesus Christ. The saving grace is salvation, that's what we call it, and it's God's free gift. Yes, it's offered to us without a, without a price. How many people like free stuff? There you go. All right, so here it is. But even though it's free, it's not cheap. It costs Christ his life. And so we need to recognize that. So through the baptism, through our baptism, we are identified with Christ and his church, and we're incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation. Leave him alone, John. All right. The the water symbolizes washing and cleansing, for in Christ we are made pure from our sin. The water serves as a sign, as was circumcision in the Old Testament, of entering into the covenant of faith. Children, yes, no matter what age they are, when they're preteens, teenagers, or whatever, they are a gift from God. Don't forget that. And Psalm 127, verse 3, it says, Sons are a heritage from the Lord, children a reward from Him. So as believers, we are called to recognize that children belong first and foremost to God, and God in His goodness gives children uh, as gifts to parents. They not only have the awesome responsibility of caring for this gift, but the wonderful privilege of enjoying this gift. Because children belong to God uh, first and are given by grace to his parents, to their parents, it is only proper that children be appropriately dedicated or committed back to the Lord. Debbie? We are told in 1 Samuel 1 that Hannah presented her son Samuel to the Lord. In Luke 2.22, we read that Mary and Joseph brought their baby... Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem in order to present him before the Lord. In the same way, Jonathan and Laura today bring their son, Braven Lee White, along with Godparent Christine Vadiboncor, presenting first themselves and ultimately Braven before the Lord our God. We are here today to recognize as the body of Christ, being Braven is being brought by his parents and Godparent to be baptized. As the family of God, we recognize God's love is already at work in his life. We pray for the day when Braven will mature and respond to the saving grace of God, accept in Jesus Christ as his Savior and Lord, and pledge himself to a life of faithful discipleship. Okay. All right. So, um, Father, bow with me for prayer. Father, we ask right now that you look upon your church and you unseal for us the fountain of baptism. By the power of your Holy Spirit, 
Lord, bless this gift of water and brave and receives it, so that through the sacrament of baptism, through the sacrament of baptism, your Holy Spirit will protect and guide him in his journey with Christ. Amen. All right. So Jonathan, Laura, and Christine, as members of the covenant community of God through your own confession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, will you nurture Braven in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example, he may be guided to accept God's grace for himself and to profess his faith openly and lead to a Christian life? If so, say we will. Okay, so what I told them, what I asked them is um, they recognize that Braven is entrusted to them for all kinds of other things, but also for the spiritual upbringing. And they said, hey, that, um, our own profession of faith, we want to raise him so, until he chooses for himself. Debbie? And to the covenant community of faith gathered here, will you surround Braven before you with a community of love and forgiveness that he may grow in his trust of God? Okay, so what you guys said is, if they want to do it here, which they are, because we see them all the time, and, um, and so, uh, and if not, then he'll pull you over. Okay, so, <laughs> but, um, but no, uh, and she'll get you another way, okay? So, um, but anyway, uh, what you said is, we're going to do whatever we can to provide that environment. So that means if you, they need help in fulfilling that, um, then you're going to go ahead and do that. All right, come here, Braven. Come here, big boy. Come here, big boy. Yeah, buddy. All right, here we go. You're getting big. Look right here. Look, ready? So Braven, look here. Look at this. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? So Braven, Lee White, here's what I'm going to make you mad. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What do you think? All right, you ready? Ready? Jesus, draw me close, closer, Lord, to you. Let the world around me fade away. Jesus, draw me close, closer, Lord, to you. For I desire to worship. <laughs> And obey. Yeah. Wanna go for a walk? Come for a walk with me. Let's go get a good look. I say hi to him. I don't know what your dad was doing, but you're certainly calmed down with me. <laughs> All right, you say hi. Alright. You say hi. Are they all I know. Here we go. Say hi. What do you think? There we go. There's your buddy from earlier. All right. Here you go. What do you think? All right, there you go. All right. So, <laughs> just saying. Just saying. All right. All right. So, uh, here we go. For mom, here you go, right here. And then uh, here you have a baptismal certificate and this. All right, hey, you ready? All right, guys. So um, one of the things is that I, 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 we do these a lot, and some people from whatever we have people from a lot of different theological backgrounds. We have this kind of joke that we do dry cleaning and rinse cycle, because um, you know what it is. It's not about what I think. A lot of times we think our theology is what drives God, and what we need to learn is that it's not about us. It's about what 
it's about God. It's always about Christ, right? So it, to whether we use water or not, don't get caught up in that. Um, it, what, we're, what we're doing is saying we, we recognize that Braven is a tremendous miracle and gift to this family. And we're thanking God that he's in this family. Because all you have to do is look around and see that there are some gifts of God that are placed in some horrific situations. And so we're thankful that even though he doesn't like his dad right now as much as me, um, that, that, um, that, God, that Braven is in this family and going to be raised to know the Christian faith and be a mighty man of God. All right? So let's give them a hand and thank God for them. All right, at this time, we're going to have an offering, so um, uh, you can remain seated today. We'll let you do that. All right. And again, if you want, we're going to sing Good, Good Father, so if you need to stand and worship the Lord, just get up. We do whatever you want. I don't care. It ain't about me. stories of what they think you're like but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone you're a good good father sing it with me please to you are, to you are, to you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. Oh, and I've seen many searching for answers. But I think we're all searching for answers. Only you provide. You know just what we need before we say a word. You're good, good Father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You are perfect in all of your ways. Perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us you are perfect in all of your ways perfect in all of your ways you are perfect in all of your ways to us and it's love so undeniable lie 
I can hardly speak and peace so unexplainable lie I can hardly think as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still into love 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 you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are and i'm loved by you it's who i am it's who i am it's who i am you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are and i'm loved by you it's who i am it's who i am who I am. You are perfect in all of your ways. Perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. You are perfect in all of your ways. Perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. To us. I'm going to sing that first verse one more time, okay? I just want to sing it. I just feel like we need to sing it. When I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Lord God, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your blessing to be upon that offering and tie that we receive, but mostly, God, I just think that today you just have some people who are in the sound of your voice, that regardless of what's going on, good, bad, indifferent, ugly, whatever it may be, that, God, they just need to know that they have a good, good father, that, um, that that's your nature. Your nature is just to love us, to secure us, to, to um, that even, God, when we are fussing and fighting against you, uh, that in, in all the areas of life, when we're fighting against your call and your love and your holding, that, God, you still are a good, good father. And for that, we give you praise and we pray that as we begin this new series, uh, What's Next, that your Holy Spirit be ever present and that you guide us just as that good, good father that you are. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody says. Amen. All right, at this time, I just want you to say hello to a couple of those around you. And we... Uh,
are going to dismiss our children for our Haven kids. Twenty-nine, eighteen. the message. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Amen. Good morning. Hey, there we are. We're good. Okay, we have a couple announcements. Um, and I tell you, it's kind of cool. I, I, I love when we get to start a new series. I love when we're in the midst of them. But when we start a new one, I just feel like God's getting ready to do something, okay? So that's pretty awesome. Um, again, first of all, welcome all visitors. We're glad that you're here. We want you to relax. We want you to have fun. Uh, we always say we believe that God is, uh, has brought you here for a reason. And um, just want you to have a great time and connect to the Lord in all that. So we want to welcome you. In order to do that, we want to go ahead, and at this time we want to share some of our prayer times, um, our prayers that we have here. Um, Trudy asked prayers for a friend's mom who passed away and prayer for others in loss. Also for Vicky's niece with cancer, nothing more the doctors can do, and she's been sent home, and she's, is that right, um, is that 11 years? Oh, wow. 11 years. So, okay. Joanna Gabby with Donnie and Jason as they continue their, their journey to recovery. Um, be with the grandson Hunter and uh, be with him during surgery on Monday. So we want to lift Hunter up in your prayers. For Terry and Dave, um, Sophia has a heart catheterization on Monday and pray that they can patch the hole uh, through that cath. And she's um, getting uh, very big. Make sure you put them down. Um, also pray for uh, Jen Dunn, Robin Hildebrand. Um, her cancer is back, and so we want to, Robin, ask for prayers for that. Melinda asked for prayers. Her dad had a mini stroke on Wednesday night um, into Thursday morning, so we want to lift up Melinda's uh, family in your prayers, okay? If you weren't able to get a prayer request down, by all means, just fill that out, and then also, or also you can do it online, and so we're going to go ahead, and we're going to pray now. Let's uh, lift these prayer concerns up, and then we'll continue with the rest of our worship service. Lord God, um, once again, we come to you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit here today, which guides and directs us and encourages and strengthens us each step of the way. For those who have uh, loss, for those who are dealing with, uh, seems like several, with cancer, um, with others who are dealing with addiction and surgeries 
Um, God, we just ask for, your, for you to, to be the chief physician in those surgeries. For those who have had uh, strokes or mini strokes or any kind of other illness or any kind of other spoken prayer, God, Lord, we just come to you now and we, we know that you are a good, good father. And um, we don't just sing that, but God, may we, may we believe that. May we live that out. And so as our good, good father, we just pray right now that you meet the many needs that are in, in this room, that you meet them that are in those in the sound of my voice, whether they be online or whether it's seen later this week, that sometimes God, um, it's, it's not something physical, um, but it may be something mental or emotional. But whatever it is, God, you make it happen. You bring healing. You bring restoration so that people can, can give you even greater testimony than you already have. And so, Lord, as we uh, are in the rest of this time, I want to pray, number one, I want to pray for our children who are in our Haven's kids. God, just Thank you for a baptism where we can go ahead and see that early formation, how awesome it is. There's so many little kids around here, um, and they aren't the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today, and I thank you for raising up mighty men and women of God. And for those of us who are here, who are also part of that church today, God, just renew us, strengthen us. Uh, give us a new focus. Give us a direction on the next steps that we can take with you, and we will honor you and glorify your name and praise our daddy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, um, a couple things that I want to I touch on today. We, as I said, we are in the beginning of our, uh, our new series. Our new series is What's Next? Um, and basically, we're going to be talking about several things that lead us to uh, what's next in the journey. Doesn't matter where you are in the journey, um, we're going to talk about what's next. So that's what we'll be, we'll be doing for the next four weeks in here. And, we ha- and with that, we have... Uh, small groups, and we have books available. We'd love for you to join. If this is your first week, we'd still love for you to join and connect in and do that. That's, that's um, true. Also, October 27th, uh, 5 to 7, we have our trunk and treat, but it's really our sanctuary and treat. We come in here. We have a big party. We have a lot of fun. There's been some blow-up dinosaurs in the past. Superman always makes a visit. Um, and we always have a great time. The kids have a great time. We'd love for you to come on out. If you know other people who uh, in your neighborhood, bring them. This is for the community. It's not just for us. It's a fun time, and you can have uh, all kinds of good food, fun and games, and we really do have a good time. So I, I challenge you to come out. And also, it is that time of year. Everybody has this, right? And as a bulletin insert. Can you believe it? We are up to Operation Christmas Child. And so Operation Christmas Child... Here we are. We, um, it is underway. So I'm going to show this video real quick, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about it. The countdown happens, and the cheers just erupt everywhere. They jump up with joy. They jump up with smiles. Yeah. They've just now got their boxes. They're opening them. And it is so much fun. This could be the first present that they've ever received. Operation Christmas Child Gifts really touches children's heart. During distribution, we tell children that there is a God who created us and who loved us. Jesus loves you. Ah, good. (laughs) Isn't it incredible to see the impact these simple gifts are making in the lives of children all over the world? What amazes me the most is the miracles in each box. Jesus said, let them come to me. And we're in the middle of bringing the children to Jesus. Many children around the world still need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So keep packing. Thank you for your continued support, and God bless. All right, so as we look in Operation Christmas Child, it is underway, um, and we... um, 
We will um, be going ahead, and the big day to collect them will be November, Sunday, November 10th in here. But we're going to be collecting them all the time. Um, last year, I believe we I believe we're in the 250 range, I believe. Um, our highest ever was 320. Okay, so what I want to say is a lot of times we talk about boxes, but this is not boxes. This is children around the world. Okay, so let's put it in perspective. So one of the things that I want to do, um, I want to hit at least 300. Okay, I want to hit at least 300. So there it is. I don't care what you have to do because it's 300 children um, that will come to know Christ. And um, the packets, I believe, are, are going to be out there. Is that correct? Do we have packets out there? They're out on the table in the lounge here. If you're online and you need information, um, info at havencc.org. We want to get that to you because, once again, it's about lives. It's about people. It's about them. We haven't talked much about Haiti in a while, but one of the reasons is because it's bad there. It's bad there, and people that we love can't get out of their houses, but they love the Lord, and they will connect with us. There are people all around the world that just need to know that they, there is a good, good father. For us, in where we live, it is an amazing and easy way to recognize that God blesses us. But when most of the world lives on less than a dollar a day, it's hard to even know that they have a concept that there is a God who cares. All right? So I, what I believe in the passion of my heart that, uh, you know, and you're going to hear me talk a little bit about this uh, in a couple weeks, but I'm going to touch on it today. The main goal of our lives is not to whoever dies with the most toys wins. Whoever dies with the most toys has everybody else fight over it after they die, right? Um, whoever makes the most impact in somebody's life they're the one, for Christ, they're the ones who wins. Amen. Because that's for eternity. And so that's what I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge me. I'm going to challenge my family and everybody else um, to get the boxes. A lot of times people will go and get those plastic ones, little tiny plastic ones, so they can still use it. Um, dollar stores are awesome. You can pack them with all kinds of really cool stuff, and it just makes a difference in life. When you're sitting down at Christmas... Um, and you recognize that around the world, somebody's life was touched. Also, there's a video out there I showed a couple years ago where somebody gave a box and actually ended up marrying a person. So if you're looking for that, pray to God, maybe a box will get you a marriage. I don't know. So, um, but anyway, seriously, think about it. 300, 300 kids, 300 kids. Can we do that? Yeah. I think we can do it. So, all right. All right. Is everybody good? good? All right. So you can bring them in as you get them. Just bring them in. We'll put them up here. I want to see it go to the sky. I think it'll be awesome. All right. So uh, that's what we have. Everybody good today? All right. So we are starting um, our new series. Our, our new series does kick off on what's next. And uh, basically, it, as I said, it is a four-part series. There will be um, there will be five weeks. This first week, it, for those of you in a small group, um, it'll seem like we're off a week, but that's okay because this week is the get to know me in your group. And then the next portion, we're going to kick in to today's theme. Um, but basically, God has, um, has us all, we're on a spiritual journey. And God has a spiritual journey for you. And I don't know about you, but in my spiritual journey, there have been moments where I feel like I'm just rocking. I got it. I'm, I'm running. I'm on the road. I know exactly where God is. I know exactly where I am. I know where we are together. Anybody there? But I would dare say that there's a lot of times in my life I need to know a next step. I kind of feel like I'm floating around for a while, kind of wondering what's going on here. And so I need some clarity in recognizing where I am on that journey and what the next, uh, what's next for that journey. And so... Um, 
Today I want to look at this, uh, this verse. This is going to be our theme verse for the whole entire series. So I want you to look at this. This comes from Proverbs chapter 29. And it says this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Have you ever been somewhere or walked outside or walked across the room, got up in the middle of the night during a storm where everything's really dark? And anybody ever fallen, like tripped over something? There's like this... Uh, this laundry basket that we have that's wire, and I always catch my little pinky toe on it, you know what I mean? And, and I stumble, and I think a lot of bad words, okay? Um, but, um, but, and so that happens time and time again. And so what we're saying, if we don't see what God is doing in our life, then we stumble in many areas of that life. We may stumble in every relationship that we have. We may stumble with our friendships, our marriages. We may stumble with our, our finances stumble. Our dreams stumble. Like we, we have these hopes and these things. Uh, if you want you ever talk to some some uh, people or take you back to when you were in high school and you had dreams? Like we had this book where you're going to be in five, ten, fifteen, twenty five years. Anybody ever have one of those? You ever taken it out now and see how it compares? All right. So you look at that. Our dreams. All these things tend to stumble when we don't see God in the midst of our lives. And so often. What happens with all these things where we're stumbling around, it ends up to be very chaotic, and we often have a lot of mess in our lives. And the thing is, the chaos or the mess is not the problem. The problem is the lack of clarity for what we should do to deal with these problems that the mess causes in life. And what I find out is people who are the most fulfilled tend to know where they are in their journey in life. Um, In this series and in the study of what's next, we are going to give you the steps in the journey. And here's the cool thing. Here's how you say, how do you say that definitely? Because I didn't invent it. It's in the Bible. It's throughout the Bible. All the way throughout the Bible, God has always wanted four things from you. You say, oh my gosh, are you serious? Because when I was, how many felt like when you were growing up, there was a list of about a thousand do's and don'ts and things that God wanted you to do and didn't want you to do. So I'm here to break all that down to four things. Everybody happy? Can you, and we can do four things. And here they are. And we're going to talk more about them. The first one is no God. Is no God. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And I got to tell you, this is the most important series that I could probably share. If I had one last message to ever share, it would be about knowing God and knowing who God is. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. The next section is going to be finding freedom. Because if you're like me, there's stuff, if you've lived life to some extent, and for me, these 21 years um, of life that I've lived, um, in these years of life that I've lived, I am bound by some things. There's some stuff that has happened to me that has me stuck in a place. Anybody with me? Okay. And so, and, and in order, what I found out is if, uh, if you're stuck or bound in a situation, you can't get to tomorrow because you're stuck in yesterday. And we, there's things we have to deal with. And if you're like me, I don't like dealing with them. I just want to move on. But I can't move on because I'm chained to whatever has me bound. Everybody see? Okay. So in the midst of this, as we see this, um, you may say to me, well, Jack, you don't want me involved in anything in ministry because my life is a mess. And here's what I'm here to tell you. Look around you. Everybody here is a mess. We all are a series of a mess. Some of us are messier than others, right, Patty? Amen. Amen. There we go. All right. So so we all have mess in our lives, and we may look at it different degrees, but the fact is we are all a mess before we come to Jesus and before we really know him. 
But too many are stuck in that mess and in that bondage. And so we're going to talk about breaking free and truly experience freedom in Christ. And then we're going to talk about discovering our purpose. You can't make a, you can't make a difference in life if you don't know what your purpose is, if you're wandering around. Psalm 139 said this, said, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. When, and, you know, when geneticists study, um, study DNA, they talk about how it's specific and just perfect. Isn't it awesome that God cares about you so much that he gave you your own program that makes you you? That's how much he loves you. That's how important you are to him. And with that unique DNA, that unique nature, he also has a spiritual DNA for you. And you have a purpose in life. And you need to discover that because God ain't just going to plop it down on you. God has a plan and purpose for your life. And so in order to do that, the creation who we are really needs to get to know the creator in that area. And our last week, the one that we're going to talk about is making a difference. Having a life that's not just like the old uh, Dunkin' Donuts commercial, Time to Make the Donuts. Remember that guy? If you do, you're very old like me. Um, if not, kids, look it up on YouTube, okay? Um, so, so, you know, even secular sociologists say that the most fulfilled people in life are those who feel like they're making an impact on others' lives, not just for themselves. And I want to tell you, you only get to make a difference, a true difference, is if you do it through, through God, okay? And so today we're going to talk about knowing God and knowing God. And this may shock you a little bit because I think we've dumbed down knowing God a little bit. Now before we get into knowing God a little bit, I heard a story this week I wanted to share you. It was about a number of people and they were in a bus and they went ahead and it was a bus of really ugly people. It was an ugly bus, okay? And the people on this ugly bus went ahead, and the ugly bus driver wasn't paying attention, and they wrecked, and they all died. I know. So when they get to heaven, they said, you have one wish. And they, the first person said, well, I want to be good looking. God said, boom, there you go. The next one came and said, that sounds good. I've been ugly all my life. Bam, I want to be good looking. And another one comes up. I want to be good looking. Bam, all of them are being good looking. And the man in the back started snickering. <laughs> he started laughing. <laughs> and by the time he got up, there was three people before him. And the person said, I want to be good looking. He's like, <laughs> and then the next person, I really want to be good looking. <laughs> He's dying. By the time he gets up there, he's like, ha, ah. He goes, uh, what are you laughing about? He goes, it's just uh, my wish. And he said, what's your wish? He said, I want all them suckers to look uglier than I do. All right? <laughs> all right. So there you go. All right. So let you know God won't do that. All right. Um, just thought I'd share that. Isn't that funny? I like that one. Okay. All right. So to know God, to know God, we need to really know who God is. And this may shock you. When Jesus talked about knowing God, and when Paul talked about knowing God, they used a word that we fully don't understand. And the word is in Greek this way. Here it is. It's called genosko. Everybody say that with me. Yeah. And it was actually a Jewish idiom, not a term. 
And it was to mean to know intimately. And they would often use that in the marriage relationship to talk about a married couple who had gotten together and were having a kid. And we, in our mind, focus on the act rather than the intimate nature of that. And so here you go. This is known to talk about uh, a Jewish married couple intimately connecting enough to have a child. And so when Jesus goes ahead and says, um, says to them, hey, you need to gnosko God, they went, ah! What? They were shocked. They were shocked by it because they had associated it with something else. And he said, you need to intimately know my father because for them, God was so far removed. Like the verse that we use poetically in John's gospel where the word became flesh. For them, you can take whatever four-letter word you want and that's what they felt they were saying because flesh is evil and God is holy and there's this huge separation. And so when they went ahead and said, the word became flesh, or you need to know God. They were shocked, and they were actually sick to their stomach, the religious leaders at the time. But Jesus, this is what he wants. He, he said, God wants gnosko with you. He wants an intimate knowledge, an intimate connection with you. And so we can see some areas. I'm going to give you three areas before we get into some other stuff. Um, three areas of where Jesus revealed this. The first one is in Matthew chapter 7. And this is one of those ones we go, what? And here's what it says. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Stop. Because isn't that what I was told? Wasn't I told to save the sinner's prayer? Wasn't I told to, you know, do some penance and to in Sunday school do this and in church do that? Wasn't I told that if I said that, confess with my mouth? Yeah, confess with your mouth. But that's not just it. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will inherit the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Now, what's your question? What's the will, right? What is that? Okay, because if I'm saying, Lord, Lord, and I'm not doing your will, I got to figure that out because I don't want to get up there and be like, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Lord, Lord. And he says, uh, who are you? Right? It's not like a knowledge, but again, it's back to this gnosko is the word. An intimate knowledge and connection. So what is the will? He says, many. Look at that term. Many. Not just a few. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And did we not drive out demons in your name? And did we not perform miracles? And God, didn't we do bake sales? And God, didn't we go on mission trips? And God, didn't we sit in the nursery? That's enough to get me in heaven. And God, didn't we preach? Didn't I have a master's of divinity? And this is what's going on. And we could add more and more and more. Notice the term many, and that's why I need to do, and that's why we need to do what we need to do. And that's why 300 children are important for uh, Operation Christmas Child, at least, because many of them may, know, may think they know of God, but by an act that we can do by simply filling a box and telling them the love of the Father, when they have nothing in the world, can make them say, I gnosko him. You see the importance of where we are in our world. And then Jesus' response is simply this. And then I will tell them plainly, I never gnosko you. I never knew you. I never knew you. Because you never wanted to know me. Yet you knew about me. Like, for instance, there's a lot of people I know about. Right? I know 
about who was the president during, for most of World War II. Anybody know that? FDR, right? Franklin Delano Roosevelt. If you hate history, just bear in here, okay? I don't know him, right? I know who the president is now. I don't know him. I know who he is. All you have to do is turn on something, you see, right? I don't know who he is. I, don't kn- I, I, I know about them, but I really don't know. And I find it interesting in our world today, we love to tell everybody what we're thinking. Look, ready? Here, try this. Tell me what I'm thinking. Anybody got it? Nope. Nope. I'm always hungry. That's cheating. All right. No, you don't know. You know why you don't know? Because you're not in here. Now, I guarantee you, if you spend time with me, at moments you will see on my face and you will know me. If you spend time with me. How many of you have a spouse or somebody in your family, by their reaction, you know something's wrong? You know why? Because you know them. All right? So, but Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you. Notice he's not saying um, the people who didn't call him Lord. He's saying the people that called him Lord and did stuff for him. Because a lot of times we think this works righteousness is what gets us into heaven. And everywhere you look about it, it's not the works that gets us into heaven. It is the fact that we know him. We know the gatekeeper. And if we don't know the gatekeeper, we ain't getting in. What's simply happening here is God and Jesus are not looking for religion. They are looking for a relationship. It's like if you got married and the whole thing that you were looking forward to was getting that piece of paper and having a a wedding day. But you didn't want anything to do with the marriage. Right? It's like saying, I want to be pregnant, but I don't want kids. That may happen, okay, just roll with it. But you know what I mean? That the struggles and joy and the knowledge come in raising the kids and knowing them. I know my kids. I know when they're thinking. I know what they're doing. I know when they're trying to pull something over on me, right? Parents, you with me? Why? Because you know them intimately and powerfully. You see, I... Eventually, we are all going to stand judgment. That's what the scripture says. Okay? Now, the way we don't stand judgment is if, it's, you know, I don't know whether it's a big room and God's, he's sitting on the throne, I don't know, he has a gavel, you know, and going, uh, paging Jack Cohen, please come in. And I walk in like, mm, you know. But here's the thing. If I know Christ, Jesus says, well, pay for that, Father. He still bears the scars. He says, well, pay for that. I'm scot-free because I know him. All right? They're gonna, I'm going to be asked, though, why should I be allowed in? It's not going to be, well, you know, I spent money and I got a master's of divinity. Um, I was a pastor for blah, blah, blah years. All right? Uh, started a church. Uh, was in the United Methodist Church. Um, I did many funerals. I married some people. Um, uh, let's see what else I did. I did some baptisms. Um, I did lots of sermons. Uh, let's see. Um, I, I went to Haiti. Uh, so um, so I, I think that's pretty good. I, I smile through it all. <laughs> Most of it all. Some of it all. Okay, right? So I may say that. And he's going to say, eh, don't care. I don't care. And he's going to say, but did you know my son? say, oh, yeah, that's the only thing. I don't have to even list all that stuff. I don't even have to face judgment because of what Christ did. 
You know, it's not about memorizing verses. Those are all good things. It's not even about being a member of, you may say, I was a member of Haven Community Church. They say, oh, open the door. No, that's not going to even do it. It's only through a relationship with Jesus Christ that you have that. Let me show you this other one. In Matthew chapter 15, here's another example. It says, then some of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, and they are constantly represented of the religious people. Okay? They weren't bad people. I think a lot of times we look at them and say, oh, bad people. No, they were religious people who were trying to live out this thing the best that they knew and the way that they knew. They just missed the point. They missed God in the details. All right? And so in this, it says, they were teaching the law, came to Jesus and, from Jerusalem and asked, why do your disciples break the what? Tradition of the elders. Anybody ever walked into a church that has a lot of tradition and you do something wrong? One time I was a pastor at a church, and they had this, uh, this Garden of Gethsemane pic, uh, painting. I mean, like, uh, stained glass. It was on everything. <laughs> I think if Jesus came and took the picture out, they would, like, want to crucify him again. You know what I mean? It was like the picture, okay? And one time somebody wanted to, at the bottom they had those little, you know, they, the big picture, and they had this little panel? They wanted to go ahead and put a in memory of someone on this blank panel on the bottom, to which trustees and everybody said sure no problem and they did it you would have thought world war three started and it did you know what i found out i found people who can repair uh stained glass that you've already put somebody's name on it it was like the craziest thing in my deal anybody been part of those anybody worn pants when you should have worn uh skirts anybody ever uh grabbed the wrong translation of the bible anybody ever done that stuff okay Somehow along the line, we thought we are greater than God, all right? And so what we have here, why do you break the tradition of the elders? You say, what is the tradition that the disciples were breaking? Ready for this? They don't wash their hands before they eat, all right? Now, some kids are going, see, all right? <laughs> but here's what happened. As you went into the temple, they had everything so set, and they had big basins of water, and you would have to go over, and you had a specific way to wash. Like, you couldn't just go, all right, you know, like that, and go in. No, you had to, and the water, you had to hold your hands up so that the water dripped down off your elbows, and then you had somebody who was inspecting you, and then you were certifiably clean enough to go into the temple. And so the disciples were either, and go on, or they were going like this, or they just did not wash at all. And Jesus replied this, and he said, and so they're saying, why are, you not, why are they breaking the tradition of the elders? And Jesus turns it around and says, and why do you break the command for the sake of your tradition? What is he talking about? Remember when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. He said, the problem is, you guys got this tradition, but you don't know my daddy. You think you know, but you don't know him and who he is. The greatest commandment. And here's what he finishes up with. He says, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. And then he goes on and says this. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips. But what? Their hearts are far from me. You see, in this section today, what I want, and this is why I believe this uh, series is important in the study. Because we may know about, and we may have a good tradition, and we may be dedicated to the church, but, but that's not what makes God happy. He wants us 
to know him and to know him intimately. Their hearts are far from that. And he says, they worship me in vain. Their teachings, their teachings are but rules are taught by men. One more. I'm going to give you one more. Here we go. Matthew chapter 25. And then we're going to get into some quick stuff and then we're, we're good to go. Okay. Matthew 25. At that time, the kingdom of heaven. Jesus tells a story. It's a parable. It's a made up story. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. So here we go. He says, the foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. So you have some lamps, they're like, oh, I'm running out, okay? If you want to put this to modern, day, modern days, let's say you had uh, 10 people who went to barbecue. Some brought a bottle that was full. Some brought a little bit of a bottle, what was ever in there, right? Anybody ran out of gas before when you're cooking? Okay, so here we go. Um, the bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they became drowsy, and they fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come meet him. Then the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps because they've been burning, cut it. And they said to the, um, and the foolish said to the wise ones, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. To which they said, uh-uh. No, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, you go, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourself. In other words, here you have people, they say, okay, I'm going to memorize scripture. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to read. I'm going to do all the stuff. I'm going to have it. Pray, pray, pray. I'm going to have all the stuff. Do all the good things outwardly. But when they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was boom. Okay, so guess what happens? The other ones come back, and they knock on the door. And it says, later the others came, sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, and I don't have it here yet. Because we would say, I tell you the truth, you guys weren't ready, you didn't have enough oil, sorry, you're going to have to wait till next week. Um, or, hey, uh, no, I got enough light and oil in here, I got that ready, uh, you, weren't, you, you need to be more prepared. Is that what he said? No, if you know the scripture, here's what he says. Not any of these. He says... I don't know you. It's not about that they had to be virgin enough. It's not about that they had enough oil, not that they had enough lamps. It's that they did not know him. And sometimes in the midst of getting oil and lamps and doing the work of God, we forget the bridegroom who is Jesus. And so we need to recognize and look and see, that's who we're waiting for. It would have been better to go in there because guess what? I think they would have had enough light, Right? There would have been enough light to share with five huddled together. It, wasn't about the, it was about the bridegroom, not the stuff around the bridegroom. Okay, so what we're, what we're looking for and what Jesus is saying here, he's looking for an intimacy and a closeness in relationship. And Christianity has been wrong on several occasions where we become an institution, an organization, rather than being a relationship. People in love with a living God. So I want to give you a couple of things of when we recognize we're not in love or when we're struggling in love, and then some other things to uh, push us on toward love. Okay, you ready? All right, so the first thing is we recognize um, when we're not in love where we have this sense of powerlessness. Like when we don't know God, we don't know God's power. 
But when we know God, we know God's power. So have you ever been amazed by someone who really seems to have this great connection with God? So much so that they could be going through the worst thing ever and they can say, yeah, but God's got this. You know what I mean? Oh, don't worry. I know, I know, I know dad has this. I know my father has this. I spoke to Jesus this morning. This is all going to be good. You can pray, keep praying for me, but I know my daddy has it. All right? So you have those people. And when you get to God, you, the cool thing is you get the power to overcome those situations. I've known people who've had the power to overcome addiction just by really getting to know God. I've known people who've overcome being the biggest jerks in the world just by having a nature change when they got to know who God is. Anybody know that story? Anybody had this? Anybody ever met somebody that you saw maybe years ago and you thought you were gonna, next time you were going to see them, their picture was going to be in the post office like this, right? And when you see them, they go ahead and you find out that they, their life has changed and they're doing service ministry and they talk about Jesus. Anybody, anybody been there before? And you go, really, you? All right. So we have, we have those. I mean, the thing I'm, 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 here's something I'm struggling with. And if you don't know it, ask your children or grandchildren. Um, like Kanye West. I got to tell you, I always thought the guy was a complete imbecile. But now I'm seeing this guy is talking about Christ. Now I don't know if his theology is all right. I haven't spent enough time, but I'm like, really? Kanye, you know, Kim, the Kardashian, right? That one? Anybody with me on that one? But guess what? I don't know his heart and I don't know Kanye. Could be fun if I did, right? But I do know that there's a God that I serve that can change anyone's life, all right? And that's what I know, and I hope that's who he knows, all right? Um, so that's the first thing, a sense of powerlessness. Also, the frustration with trying to do good. Like, the Bible is hard, right? But it's not hard if we love it. If we love Christ, it's really not hard doing what he wants us to do. You know, um, there's a lot of times that there's things I have. How many of you have been in a relationship and there's things you have to do that you really don't, aren't excited about? But here you go. You love doing them because you're doing it for somebody you love, right? You'll do something for someone because you love them where if somebody you didn't love, you would not do. Like if, I, if a complete stranger came up to you in Walmart and said, scratch my back. How many be like, oh, sure. Would you mind taking that shirt off so I can do it? No, you wouldn't do that. That's disgusting. It's disgusting enough for the people that you do love. But you do it because you love them, right? So it's the same thing with God. The Bible is, is not difficult at all when we are in love with Jesus. John, 1 John says, when we love Christ, his commands are no longer burdensome. And I think we as the church have forgot about loving Christ and getting to know him. And we've got a lot of stuff in there, a lot of religion and a lot of other stuff in there. There's just some stuff about religion and Christianity I don't like. You know why? Because it's not the nature of, of Jesus. It's not the nature of the God I know. And that's why I don't like it. All right? And the last thing here. Um, some of us may envy others who seem to be closer to the God than others. I remember sometimes you'll see somebody you're like, man, I wish I was that close. And, and you know, they, they've journeyed there. So, do you love me is the question Jesus asks. And here's what we have. He says this in Philippians chapter 3, verse, uh, verse 10, it says this. I want to, what? Gnosko Christ and experience the mighty power. Because when I know him, I get to experience 
and that I might be raised from the dead. You see, it's not all, you know, when we celebrate Easter, it's not all about Christ's resurrection. Yeah, it's cool. We're thankful for that. But the main reason for knowing Christ is that I get to resurrect. Right? That's not just about his in the past. It's about mine in the future. That when this body gives up the ghost and is put in the ground and that I my spiritually get to be present with God, but one day I get a new body, no love handles, hallelujah. Right? So I want to know Christ. And you say, okay, Jack, all right, I, I hear you. How? How do I fall in love? And this is what we're going to finish up with today. Number one, love him because he first loved me. That's, we've learned that from Jesus loves me. But yet we forgot something about it. Often we love him because we think we have to, or because we think we should, or we think our grandmother, who said we always be in church and we wear our best and we act like this and we do that, will come back and haunt us. But it's not about that. It's about relationship. It's about love him because he first loved me. Look at what um, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. Guess what? You're the world that he gave his only son. All right. So many people want to get their act together before coming to God. But here's what I want to tell you. You will never get your act together unless you come to God first. Amen. So you have to come to God first. You have to come to Christ broken, spilled out in the mess that you are. And then he puts you together and then it gets right. We've got this mixed up. And our churches have been bad about this. Our churches have people who are addicted. Our churches have people who are homeless. Our churches have people who just, who their, their social lifestyle may not be something good. And we say, not you. When we should be saying, oh, definitely you. Because I need you here so that God can change you. And the moment that any church that I'm ever part of starts to put a thing at the door and say, no, you got to look this way. you got to be this way before you get up here. That's the moment I'm gone and I'm out there with them. Because as I see Christ, that's what he did. And that's the God I know. All right? So love him because he first loved us. And how did he love us? Well, scripture tells us greater love has no one than this. Then he laid down his life for his friends. Let's start laying down our life a lot more for others. First John 4, 19 said, we love because he first loved us. Second thing is this. We need to pursue him. Pursue him with what? Our whole heart. Every single mouth. Gnosko, that is pursuit. I want you to think about that person that you fell in love with, and I want you to think about the early days. Or somebody you really wanted a good friendship with. There is a pursuit that went on there, right? You had to buy some flowers. You had to smell better than you do most of the time. You had to be on, if you're as old as I am, you had to be on a phone with a cord for hours. Right? You had to maybe write letters, particularly military, right? You had to make a commitment. You had to pursue. You had to let them know that the things that they do in life are important to you because you loved and wanted a relationship deeper with them than anyone you had ever had, right? So now we got to do that. You chased them down. Anybody in here, when you first started dating somebody, that maybe you married, you didn't like them very much at the first point? Nobody? <laughs> or you're just scared to ask, okay. Anybody doesn't like them now? No, that's a, another sermon, okay. All right, but I've known people who said, man, I couldn't stand them, all right? But they pursued, 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 okay? Pursue with all their heart. God wants to be chased down. 
He wants to know that you really, really love him. He wants to be pursued. In Jeremiah 29, it says this, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with what? All your heart. All your heart. You got to go all in. So you got to plug in to figure this out. And the last thing is, and our worship team will come up now, and all relationships have something in that. So as you see so far, it's you love because he loved first. So he did the loving first. The next one is pursue with your whole heart because that's what he desires. But all relationships come to a commitment where you have to cross the line of faith. So what do you, what is, what do you have to do? You have to give him your life. Give him your life. I'm not just saying a part. I'm not just saying an hour. I'm not just saying you give him your entire life. You say, Jack, but my life's in a mess. Remember what I said? You need to come to the me- with the mess and the chaos and let Jesus figure it out. Right? Listen to what, Luke, what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll do what? You'll save it. He wants you to Godosko him. He wants you to know him intimately, deeply, to love him unconditionally, to let him love you, and to let him figure out the next step that goes on in your life. All right? So let's stand up and let's worship the Lord one more time for this week. As my, uh, and again, I'm going to say, I want you to connect. Uh, we got books. We want you to have them. We want you to get, this is not so we can say, hey, we had this many people in small groups. That's not what I care about. I don't care about any of that stuff. I care about the fact that you come to know Christ. And that's the most important thing. So let's pray. Lord God, we come to you today. We, um, once again, as we wind down this time of corporate worship together, I pray, God, that uh, we will gnosko you, that we will, we will get to know you. We will experience your love and your direction and your calling uh, in each and every area of life. God, as we go through this What's Next series, um, Make yourself more real to us than you ever have before. Help us to, to see you in every avenue of our lives, but let us start here today by knowing you. And there's areas that we think we know you. God, challenge them. Challenge them every second of the way so that we can truly get intimate and connected to you. To these and all things, God, we give you praise as we worship your holy name. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. All right, let's just worship the Lord. As always, we have people who are up front that are will, uh, willing and able to pray for you and with you. And um, let's, just, uh, let's just, uh, just worship God. Just let yourself go, all right? Your great name, the enemy.
lifted up and all the world will praise your great name all the Jesus, there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Sing it out. There is power in the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Sufficient sacrifice, so freely given, such a price. But our redemption, heaven's gates swing wide. Sing it out, there's power in that name. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. And there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To 
break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Redeemer, my healer, Lord Almighty. Defender, my Savior, Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. To break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Jesus, worthy is the Lamb that was slain for us. Son of God and man, you are high and lifted up. Got a shout. All right. So next week, we're going to talk a little bit about finding freedom. All right. So we sung about break every chain. Bring your chains next week and let him break them. Amen? Amen. Have a great week. God bless. And if you want to connect with a group, please go ahead and do so. Don't forget Operation Christmas Child. 300, right? Right. All right. And I'll kick it up in the door like